welcome back to Pod Hates Louisa, a weekly podcast where I talk about whatever the hell I want. Today is my last day at college. Well, I mean, it's technically like a half day because I'm leaving, but it feels really good to be done with final season. My school does a cool thing where it has you self-schedule your final exams so you can take them at whatever time you want within a certain period of time. And I think that's just the best because it alleviates my test anxiety and really helps me like actually do my best. And also it allows for everyone to like take the test at the time when their brain functions best. So for me, I'm like a midday brain person. Like my brain does not work super great early in the morning, does not work work super great late at night. I hit my stride like 10, 11 a.m. So it's super ideal for me to get to take that test whenever I want to instead of having to wake up at like 7 a.m. like I did for my SATs in high school. And it's also way less dehumanizing than like sitting in a room where you're constantly monitored by people who are incredibly suspicious of you cheating. During one of my SATs in high school, the chick at the front of the room was stressing me out so much because she had the worst vibes, first of all, and she was also making like gross mouth sounds the whole time, like gross chewing noises. And it was so distracting and just so stressful. I hate having people monitor me like that. Like, it just makes me feel like a bad person, even though I, like, would never cheat. I always feel like, am I cheating? Like, am I gonna cheat? Like, like I'm sure this is some kind of named psychological effect. Like, people believing that you will transgress in some way, making you more likely to actually do it. Also, during one of my SATs, there was a dripping faucet in one of the classrooms, which was basically, like, that torture method where they put, like, one drop of water on your forehead, like, every 15 seconds or something something like it was like that it was like dripping water torture anyway I know my voice also sounds weird today it's because I'm like getting over a a bit of a cold like I don't know exactly what was wrong with me I don't know I've just been sounding a little husky so that's what you get today I didn't know when else I would get a chance to record so today's episode is going to be about one of my favorite like niche obsessions now I never understood like the popular obsession with true crime until I found my own kind of analog to that when I started researching like real life mad scientists and rogue scientists throughout history. I feel like this appeals to me in a way that true crime appeals to some people in that like it's kind of like dark and morbid and extremely fucked up but like it appeals to my fundamental human curiosity so much and it just like scratches such an itch in my brain. So today I'm going to be telling you guys some mad science stories that I'm familiar with. I've also been trying to cultivate like a mad science core aesthetic which includes wearing lab personal protective equipment as a fashion statement. So like wearing a lab coat as part of an outfit like Rick Sanchez or wearing like lab safety glasses around. I also love reading sci-fi books and watching old sci-fi movies like The Fly and Jurassic Park. Okay maybe this is just like a thinly veiled Jeff Goldblum obsession. I also love writing my own sci-fi stories and just researching curiosities and like rogue science throughout history. So let's get into it. The first thing is the story of the first genetically modified humans. So in 2018 a pair of twins were born and they were named Lulu and Nana. They were born in China and and their father had been positive for HIV so basically their DNA had been edited to include a mutation in the gene for a protein that HIV uses to invade cells so like the virus needs to attach to this protein in order to invade the cell but these twins were supposed to not be able to make that protein so the virus couldn't invade their cells so they had HIV resistance basically which is a really cool thing to be able to give people because contrary to popular belief 
HIV did not just like die out in the 80s like it's still a huge problem in many areas of the world basically the reason this was controversial even though it sounds kind of like good like these babies got HIV resistance like that's dope is because they were germline edits so that means that the reproductive cells were affected so these modifications to the genome can be inherited so basically this doctor his name is He Jianque changed the species he changed the DNA of the species so I kind of want to dispel some misconceptions about germline gene editing because it is really controversial I am personally not as afraid of it as a lot of people and I don't want to like do any fear-mongering so the first like misconception is that it's dangerous for embryos or that it causes embryos some kind of pain but in order to avoid mosaicism which is a condition in which the fetus ends up with two genetically different sets of cells embryos are edited like as close to fertilization as possible so the way like embryos are made is basically a fertilized egg cell divides over and over again so the cells multiply exponentially so you have to do it like as close to a single cell as possible um when it's either like one cell or two cells because once it starts replicating like you have very little chance of being able to modify all of the cells so embryos are edited when they are scarcely more than eggs and sperm which means that they lack the capacity to feel pain or anticipate their own death and i'll point out that a lot of scientists don't have any qualms about experimenting on fully developed intelligent animals such as monkeys and pigs but they're not okay with like experimenting on a single human zygote which is a fertilized egg cell i just think that's hypocritical the next complaint is that humans are somehow like playing god by attempting to modify our own genome but i mean again humans like don't have any qualms about making heritable germline edits to other species especially in livestock like it's already been done in pigs goats and cattle and other animals i just think this reluctance to edit our own genome is hypocritical because we're happy to make heritable modifications to other species in order to create more fertile livestock or pigs with organs that human donors can accept like we've shaped the course of evolution for so many other species already and it's a testament to human exceptionalism that we're content to play god as long as it's not our own dna that we're messing with i guess another ethical concern would be like the lack of consent from the unborn fetus but i mean like a fetus first of all isn't a person like we don't give them rights because that would probably take away from the rights of the person who's carrying the fetus inside them of course with artificial womb technology those concerns can be alleviated but basically fetuses don't consent to being conceived in the first place so i don't get why like consent to being genetically modified is like a huge issue they don't consent to the random genetic shuffling that occurs when their parents chromosomes recombine they don't get to select which egg and sperm provide the basis for all of their cells like fetuses don't get to choose their own dna none of us get to choose our own dna and countless factors during pregnancy also affect gene expression and fetal development so basically embryos don't determine their own dna or their own like phenotype like their own gene expression how they look and how they interact with the world and their parents decisions profoundly shape their development like long before they can consent there's really no argument to not modify them further the only difference would be that humans are presiding over the modification rather than just like throwing our hands up and letting nature decide also i'll note that lulu and nana's parents did provide informed consent for their modification which makes sense i feel like if i was a parent with hiv i would also want my babies to have hiv resistance even if there was like a potential risk and i think the main risk here would be off-target effects like effects to other areas of the genome that haji and kui did not specifically modify but he did screen for those and like check pretty carefully that he was in the clear before bringing these embryos to term now i want to caveat that like i think making unnecessary or like aesthetic edits to fetuses is really bad like that basically sounds like eugenics to me like if you want your baby to have like blonde hair and blue eyes instead of like dark 
skin and darker like that's fucked up you shouldn't do that it's obviously rooted in racism but I think the public also overestimates the extent of scientific knowledge about the human genome we don't understand it nearly enough to go around snipping genes arbitrarily and there are so many traits that are really complex genetically and one example I can think of is like intelligence like some might argue that intelligence isn't even one quality that you can quantify like there are so many different forms of intelligence and intelligence is also not like a single gene trait like even if you wanted to modify your baby to make it more intelligent whatever that means it would be really hard to figure out how to do that so basically I don't think we understand the human genome enough for eugenics to even be possible and obviously it's not ethical I think we should focus all of our efforts on safe regulated research and development and that way we can also avoid the possibility of like permanently adding devastating mutations to the human genome or like having really bad off-target genetic effects while keeping gene editing tools out of the hands of racists and ableists like if we have more regulation around gene editing we can also control who is able to access that and basically make sure the tech doesn't get into the wrong hands take it away from people who want to do eugenics because unfortunately those people do exist people are worried that this tech will reduce diversity in the human gene pool which i do think would be disastrous but i actually think that this tech could be used to increase human diversity because we could create like completely novel human genes essentially or include genes in the human genome from other species so i think there are just endless possibilities and it's really really exciting but unfortunately similarly to how richer people have more reliable access to like safe abortion even in areas where it's illegal i think germline gene editing is also going to be disproportionately available to those who can afford it until it's developed enough to like be affordable to a wider sector of the population and the problem is that there's going to be a period of time in which extremely affluent families can use this technology to like entrench traits that will benefit their offspring creating like a sort of genetic generational wealth and in this way germline gene editing could literally preserve the existing privilege of the wealthiest members of society by engraving class distinctions into our genome which i think is really fucked up yikes but to quote jeff goldblum life finds a way like just as abortion happens no matter what gene editing is going to happen no matter what regardless of legality and clandestine or diy attempts at the procedure will be more dangerous and disproportionately harm like economically disadvantaged people so this technology should not be like made available to the public until it is accessible to everyone who needs it i just think that's the most responsible way to do it so it's like relatively unknown what happened to lulu and nana but from all accounts they're still alive at this point they would be like five years old ish and unfortunately hu jian kui did end up in prison which i personally don't agree with i think he should have probably just been on some kind of probation but my overall thoughts on hu jian kui and his experiment are well i actually wrote an article about this for my old school newspaper and i want to quote myself here because i think high school louisa said it best the international community is merely using him as a punching bag for daring to open pandora's box because now the rest of us have to grapple with questions that strike at the heart of human nature and i think just the fact that we have access to gene editing technology now really opens up a whole new field of like bioethics and evolutionary futurism because the fact that we have surpassed natural selection is going to create a lot of ethical dilemmas for humans like we have to make decisions now about where we want our evolution to go the other thing i want to talk about today is basically one of my favorite crazy niche wikipedia rabbit holes that i've gone down is the human z wikipedia so basically that is a portmanteau of human and chimpanzee and i wanted to research chimpanzee human hybrids throughout history or like the possibility of chimpanzee human hybridization which sounds really fucked up like i'm gonna acknowledge 
knowledge. It sounds really fucked up and it kind of is, but it should be possible because chimpanzees have one more chromosome than humans. Two of the chromosomes from chimpanzees basically fuse together. And this means that humans and chimps have about the same degree of chromosomal similarity as domestic horses and like a certain species of wild horses, which are really cute by the way. It's spelled like P-R-Z-E-W-A-L-S-K-I, but it's pronounced like Shavalsky's horse. Basically horses and wild horses can produce semi-fertile offspring, even though they're technically different species. And people think that this could be the case for humans and chimpanzees. So there was this guy named Ilya Ivanov, and basically people called him the Red Frankenstein because he was a Soviet biologist. He was basically trying to create like super soldiers for the Soviet army by crossbreeding humans and chimpanzees. And at first I think he was using like female chimps and human sperm, but then at one point he was setting up an experiment where he had like a male chimp and human women and he was going to like he had human women volunteering for this experiment and he was going to try to you know but then I don't know something happened to him like his lab got shut down or he died or something bad happened and he wasn't able to carry out this experiment um he never succeeded in crossbreeding chimpanzees and humans I think a lot of his experiments were like extremely unethical because before he got women to volunteer for his experiment this guy was trying to impregnate I think African women without their consent which is horrifying obviously racist obviously extremely unethical and also I feel bad for the chimps in all of these experiments I feel bad for the chimps basically so Ivanov was active in the early 1900s then there was this guy named Gordon Gallup who was an evolutionary psychologist he claims that there was a human Z that was born in Florida in the 1920s first of all of course this shit happened in Florida I'm not even surprised of all the states but this is all alleged like we don't actually have any confirmation of this um it's just this one guy Gordon Gallup saying that it happened and he's actually the one who coined the term human Z I think and he's basically famous for like developing the mirror self-recognition test basically if an animal can like recognize themselves in a mirror then they're like sentient and this experiment also used a female chimpanzee and human sperm but apparently like after the chimpanzee human hybrid was born scientists like panicked and euthanized it immediately again like I don't think there's any confirmation of this really it seems possible to me but I would have to see more evidence then there was reportedly an experiment in China in 1967 where this guy named Ji Yongsheng I don't know if he's actually the one who did the experiment but he was the head of a hospital he reported that a female chimpanzee had successfully been impregnated with human sperm but the scientists had to go work in the fields because of the cultural revolution and so the three-month pregnant chimp just died from neglect which is so sad and so wasteful and honestly like you know Mao did a lot of good things for the proletariat but he really fucked up on that one like don't make the scientists go work in the fields but anyway this story actually seems pretty credible because although there could have been problems with the fetus that we don't know about this anecdote has been confirmed by like a lot of people this could have possibly happened then there was this chimpanzee named Oliver in the 1970s who people thought was a human chimpanzee hybrid he was genetically tested he wasn't spoiler alert but basically he was bald and had like a lot of aspects of his morphology that were very human and he walked on his hind legs everywhere and he lived until he was like in his 50s I think but unfortunately he was like exhibited and poked and prodded for most of his life and I want to do an episode actually about the ethicality of like circuses and zoos because I have a lot of opinions on this and I think it's a real moral gray area in terms of like veganism and animal ethics like I think 
supporting zoos is really questionable. I think it really depends. So basically Oliver wasn't a human Z, but I think it's interesting that he did have so many human characteristics as a chimp. It really, again, speaks to the unethical nature of performing scientific experiments on chimpanzees because like, I don't know, they're so human. Like, I don't know if you've ever looked into like a higher primate's eyes, you can see like there's a mind behind those eyes, you know? So the last like human chimpanzee hybridization type thing, this isn't even human. I think it's human monkey, not human chimpanzee. But basically in 2019, this guy named Juan Carlos Ispisua Belmonte made human monkey chimeras, but they were only allowed to develop for like a few weeks. So I don't even think they developed like organs and a spinal cord and stuff. The ultimate goal of this research is to develop human compatible organs for transplantation, which I feel is just slightly fucked up. Like we wouldn't farm humans for organs. Like we wouldn't create less sentient humans just to farm them for organs. So why is it considered okay to farm like other sentient nearly human beings for organs? Like it's just fundamentally speciesist. Like these things have the same level of consciousness as like a human child or like some humans, but we consider it okay to take their organs just because they're not technically human. That has always seemed crazy to me. I also think it's somewhat unethical that we even use pigs for human organs. Pigs are as intelligent as a like three-year-old child by many accounts, so it seems wrong that we should just be able to take their organs because they weren't born human. Like, why should humans get to live at the expense of so many other species? But whatever, I'm getting off track. Anyway, that is all for this episode. I wanted to talk about human cloning also, which is a really interesting topic to me. But I will have to leave that for a future episode because uh, this one's already going to be a doozy to edit. So thank you so much for listening and putting up with my like weird sick voice. And I will talk to you next time. Louisa Miller out.